Okay, we are going to get into the Word now. This is exciting. And um, so as we've talked about already, we have just finished up our seven sessions of small groups. And so I'm going to kind of wrap it up today, just kind of tie it up with a nice little bow. And um, we're just going to have a quick little review on what we learned. Can you believe it's been seven weeks and we are finished with it? It's crazy. I can't believe it went that fast. But it has been an amazing experience. And I myself have been challenged in many, many ways through uh, the course of this seven weeks. So we were talking about seven different ways to be healthy in our walk with the Lord. So the first one was, week one was to be healthy in our spiritual health. We need to make sure that we are spiritually healthy. So Matthew 6, I'm going to do the scripture verses really quickly um, as time is, is kind of pressing on here. Matthew 6, 33, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So to be spiritually healthy, you need to seek the kingdom of God first. That needs to be priority number one in your life. You need to love God number one. If you remember, we talked about loving God, loving others. Um, We need to be loving God first before any of these other things can fall into place. We talked about physical health. This was a painful one. Did you notice I didn't bring out any all-dressed trips for a couple of weeks? (laughs) Physical health, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We need to take care of our physical bodies and help it to be an example of who Jesus is. So, I don't know about you guys, but when I don't have enough sleep, my brain starts thinking things that are just not proper. You know, you start just kind of having maybe sometimes a little grumpier than what you should be. We need to have physical health. That means good eating, good sleeping, taking care of our bodies so that we can be the best example of Christ through our physical health. Third week was mental health. We need to take care of our minds. When the enemy wants to attack, it's the first place that he goes to is our thoughts and our minds. Romans 12.2, which was already read this morning. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to constantly be renewing our mind. Our minds are flooded and inundated with all kinds of ungodliness everywhere we go, on TV, in the world, everywhere. And we need to constantly be renewing our mind and be transformed by doing that. Um, Emotional health. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. We need to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways submit to him, and he will make our paths straight. When we trust in the Lord, it will help in our emotions. So when we are going through stuff in life and, you know, we're sad or our emotions are kind of like all over the place, when we trust in the Lord and don't lean on our own understanding on things that supposedly make sense to us, don't necessarily make sense in God's world. So when we trust in him and lean on him, he will help keep us straight. 
in our relational health, so in our friendships, in our relations with, if you have a spouse or just people around you in general, we all are a family together, so we need to be healthy in our relations. Proverbs 27, 19 says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So who are you and what kind of a friend are you? Are you filled with God so that everything that pours out of you is a reflection of him? Financial health. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled and to overflowing, and your vats will brim with new wine. We need to trust God with our finances. This is the one area that really truly shows our worship to God. Because first of all, remember we talked about how, you know, we can worship God in this kind of a setting and we can have our hands raised and we can look all holy and grand. But a real true test of your worship is if you will worship God with your finances. If you will trust him with that offering, with that 10% tithe in your finances and say, God, this doesn't make sense in my human brain. Remember the scripture verse before that we read to lean not on your own understanding because it does not make sense to the human brain to give God of our first fruits. Give him 10%, the word says. You can give more if you want to. Rick Warren talked about his tithing and how God has just blessed him as he has just given more every time and God has just been faithful in it. But when we trust God with our first fruits and we say, God, this doesn't make sense in my brain, but I'm going to trust you with my money and I'm going to pour into the ministry of the church and trust God that you can live on the remainder. God will show you his faithfulness in miraculous ways. I've talked about it before. I've seen miracles happen in my own life many, many times. How just bizarre things, how God has provided Financially, when I just trust him with my money. Uh, vocational health. We talked about how we need to represent the Lord in our vocation, so in our job. And not all of us have a job, but we all live a life, we all have something to do, and we can honor God in everything that we do. We talked about doing dishes for mom. You can honor the Lord in doing it to the best of your ability rather than whining and complaining I hate that I have to do this. We can honor God in our vocational health. Um, whatever you do, Colossians three twenty three. Whatever you do, do uh, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord and not human masters. So, if you have a job, or you go to school, or you're an at home mom, or you're retired, whatever you do. On a day-to-day -day basis, do it as unto the Lord. Do it to the best of your ability because you're doing it as if you are working for the Lord, not for somebody human. Be the best example of Christ in everything that you do. Okay, we are going to get into um, a little story today in Genesis. So if you have your Bibles or your device, whatever it is that you use, if you want to turn to Genesis 11... And I am going to read that, uh, Genesis 11 through to 12, verse 5. And I'll get you to get that, uh, the map ready, and um, I'll talk about that map in a moment. Okay, so this is the story of Abraham. Abraham. He's not Abraham yet, he's Abram at this point. 
And this is a story of God calling him to um, move his whole world into the land of Canaan. And I'm going to start over here. I probably have it reversed because we usually go, is it left to right to you as it is? Anyways, let's read verse 27 from Genesis 11. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Ishtar. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. And if you remember reading, her name gets turned to Sarah, and she ends up having a child at 99 years old. Uh, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, together, and set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse them. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was serving seventy-five years. Uh, sorry, Abram was seventy-five years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set off for the, uh, for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Okay, so we're going to put up a map. If you, I can't see who's back there. Emmanuel, do you want to put up that map for me? Uh, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so we read the story of a journey. Now it starts out with Terah, and he was Abram's father. And God's ultimate will for this family was that they set off from Ur, and they traveled all the way to Canaan, and God wanted them to come here and to settle here, okay? So as you can see on the map, there's a little arrow there from where they started out. So they started over here in Ur, and when they got, they started off to Ur, and when they got to Haran, it says they settled here. This is where Terah settled. This was not God's original plan. The original plan was they were to go to Canaan. That's the promised land. But when they got here, they settled. They stopped their journey. They said, forget about what is up there. We're just going to settle here. So what I wanted to get at today, for seven weeks, we have been talking 
how to be spiritual healthy. Spiritual health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, relational health, financial health, vocational health. And as we've spent seven weeks together, either in seven in small groups or we've been doing this um, on a Sunday morning, we've been um, talking about the same thing as we've been learning in small groups. Now we've come to the end of it, and we all kind of have this information. I'm going to kind of hold it here in like a book. We have all this information that we have learned over the past seven weeks. And now my question is to all of us, me included, what are we going to do with that information? Are we going to put it all into practice? Are we going to say, God, I thank you for everything I have learned, and I am going to do my absolute best to be healthy in all those seven areas. So we're gonna start off here, and we've learned seven things, and the idea is to get to the very end, to be putting into practice all the seven things that we have learned. And by doing that, we will become stronger and, and, and powerful in the power of Jesus Christ. We will be the best examples of Christ that we can be. Will we go the whole journey, or, or will we be, you know what? I think I'm just only going to do, um, maybe I'll be a nice friend, and, and maybe I'll work out a little bit. And then I'm going to just park here. Like Terry did. I know you want me to go all the way. I know you want to do all those things, but it's so much work, and it's just so far. And we've already gone all this way. Can I not just park here? Is this not just good enough? Or are we going to choose to go all the way to Canaan as God originally planned for us to go? Are we going to choose, pick and choose, how far, how much of a distance are we actually going to go? Are we going to pick and choose how much we feel we are going to allow God to do in our lives? Are we going to pick and choose only which areas in our lives that we're going to completely surrender to God? God, you can have my emotions, you can have my friendships, you can, you can have my physical health, but you can't have my money. Or, God, you can have my money, and, and you can have my friendships, but you know what? Sometimes I'm just in a bad mood, and I'm not going to forgive that person, so no, relation, I, I'm, it's not going to happen. Are we going to choose to go all the way, or are we going to park halfway as Tara did? Tara settled pretty much halfway. I did a kilometer thing. It's about 8,000 kilometers and 5,000, or it could be reversed. I don't remember. But anyways, 8,000 kilometers one way, 5,000 kilometers the other. Can you imagine? That's a long way. That's a long road. So what do we all learn from this journey that Abraham decided to do? So the journey started out as Tara was supposed to go all the way, but he settled. And then... He's here for a number of years, and then God gets hold of Abraham and says, Okay, Abraham, I'm going to finish the journey through you, and you are going to make it all the way. 
Number one, I don't want somebody else to finish my journey. I don't know about you, but if God puts a call on my life, I want to do the call. I don't want to do it halfway and then just park here and go, man, I don't feel like going anymore. It's too far. It's too hard. It's, it's out of my comfort zone. And then God says, okay, well, I need it to be done. So if you're not going to do it, then I'm going to go ask Pam. And Pam will be like, oh, I'm all about it. And she'll be like, okay, I'm going all the way. And she will. But then I, because I settled, I miss out on the blessings of Canaan. I don't know what you, but I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on the blessings of Canaan. So what do we have to learn from this? We need to learn to trust God and go where he calls us to go, even when we don't know where we're going. Even when we don't know what we're going to do. Are we going to trust God? Genesis 12:1. Abraham didn't know the plan. God says to him, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. So before he even had the rest of the information, he just said, I want you to go. Are you going to trust me? I'll show you along the way, but it's going to take you to get up from your comfort spot, to stand up and take that first it's like Jesus feeding the 5,000, which technically was like 10 to 15,000. And they got 12 baskets. And they break out like a few pieces of fish and a few pieces of bread, and they spread it across 12 baskets. I mean, there's like crumbs and like a fin in each basket. Like there's nothing. And Jesus says, okay, go feed the multitude. And they're all looking at the book like, seriously, this doesn't make sense. But the second they took that step, oh, we got an extra fin. <laughs> another step, another fin, another piece of bread. As we take that step in faith and trust God, he will provide. So when Abraham was here and he got up and he took a step, God said, okay, I want you to go now over a little bit further and a little bit further. He had to trust him along the journey. He didn't know. So are we going to say yes to God? Even when we don't know what we're saying yes to. My most favorite emails that I get, or messages that I get, is, hey, I want to volunteer in your church. What can I do? <laughs> it's like Christmas. It's so exciting. We have got a plethora of things that we can get you to do. We are trying to get our nursery program going up and running. By the way, if you have kids in the nursery and if you're not there, you need to get there because we don't have anybody in the nursery. We want you by September, we want to have our nursery up and running so that our young moms can actually sit in service and know that their kids are safe because we've got enough workers to work in that nursery taking care of their babies. I would love to have more children's church workers. This is the hardest place to get people to work. I don't want to work with kids. I don't want to do that. Why not? They're the next generation. You get to pour your foundation into the next generation. 
That should be exciting. My heart breaks when we're scrambling trying to schedule enough people that people have to do it every other week because we don't have enough workers. Let's pour into our children. Are we willing to get up and go the distance all the way, even when we don't know where or how or what? Are we willing to do it as crazy as it might sound? Are we willing to do the uncomfortable things? Genesis 12, 4, it says, Abram went as the Lord told him. Now, what we need to understand is this wasn't normal practice. My cousin, Jermaine, tells me, he says, man, you Canadians, you change your house like you change your underwear. Like, in Germany, you buy a house and you are there. I don't know about all the cultures, but like, you are there until you die. And then like, you don't just change because I think I like that house down the street a little bit more. I think I, you know what, I think I'm just going to move over here. They stay put. That's what it was like here. They stay put. It wasn't normal to get up and just be like, I am going to travel 6,000 miles to somewhere, to some, I don't even know where I'm going, and just because God told me to. And first of all, I'll get to my third point, which I'll get back to as soon as you understand, but what do you mean God told you? Because you understand they were serving multiple gods. So for Abraham to say, I am going Somewhere, I don't know where, I don't know when I'm going to arrive there, because God told me it was not normal. So let's swing back to point two. It's not normal to just uproot your whole family and travel to another location. That wasn't normal. It was uncomfortable. You would require to have to learn new language. You would be required to have to figure out what new land. How am I going to work this land? They didn't even know anything about it. It was culturally not normal. And then to top it off, to say, God told me. What God? Which one told you? Well, now he has to figure out there's only one true God. And to be able to say... God told me, and I'm going to trust in him. So think about in our context of our life. God's asking you to follow him, to go and, and, and minister in the church, or to go and talk to your neighbor about Jesus, or to go and talk to that random person in the grocery store. God is telling you to go, and it's uncomfortable. That's exactly where Abraham it was uncomfortable. And he had to trust in God. He had to trust and believe that there is only one true God. And I'm going to listen to his voice. And I'm going to allow him to put all the puzzle pieces together so that I arrive where God wants me to be. Genesis 12, 5, it says, He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his possessions that they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. You see, he could have stayed here, and he could have continued to gain much wealth. It says he took all of his possessions. If he would have stayed here, you see, a rich person was somebody who had like, a lot of cattle and a lot of people working for Like that was a sign of you accumulating a lot. If he could have stayed here and continued to accumulate more and more and 
world wealth. But he chose to take what he had and he chose to trust in God, one God, to go to a place where he didn't know and find a way to make his possessions and his everything work for him and be able to sustain him in life. He chose God over money. He chose God over money. But all of it was a promise waiting for him. And listen to this promise. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. He's going to protect us. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. We can take that promise to ourselves when we go all the way in our transformed we can take that blessing for ourselves. We can take that personally. I will make you into a great nation. You will be able to see people come to know Jesus because you didn't just park halfway. You went all the way. You surrendered 100% to the Lord. You went all the way to the promised land. God will make you into a, pro a great nation, and he is going to bless you. That's the bonus of it. We don't do it just to be blessed, but that is the bonus of it. God loves us so much that he wants to bless us if we will surrender to him. He will make your name great. You know what? Nothing makes me more proud than when I'm in a store and I just find a way, I, I do it all the time, find a way to kind of like slip in Cedar Reed Church into there because I want the community to know that we exist and that we're here. And I think I told you this, I can't remember, but I'm in a wedding dress shop in Brantford purchasing a wedding dress for my daughter, and I give her my email address, wpncreechurch.com, and she says, oh, see a new church. Everybody in Brandon County is blessed 
by the people, through the people of Cedarview Church, through you. Not this building, not these walls, not me, all of us together. Our nation can be blessed through you if you choose to go all the way to Canaan. If you go all the way. But by parking halfway, you will miss out. You will settle. We need to go all the way. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And I wonder if we can sing the first song that you sang, I Will Follow. I'm going to get everybody to stand. And I'm going to invite you to make a declaration to the Lord today. Let's open up these altars this morning and let's worship our Savior in declaring, God, I'm not going to stop halfway. I am going to go distance. I am going to honor you in every area of my life. I'm going to honor you in my spiritual health. I'm going to honor you in my physical health. I'm going to honor you in my mental health, my emotional health, my relational health, my financial health, and my vocation. In every area of my life, I will choose to honor you. Is it going to be easy? Hate to be a bearer of bad news, but no. It never is. When there is a move of God, the enemy will do everything that he can to stop it. But we have a promise from God that when we trust in him, and we don't stop halfway, but we push through to the promised land. We will receive the promises that he gives us in scripture. We sang about it this morning. I have authority. The only way you have that authority is through Jesus Christ. The only way you have that authority is by going all the way and receiving the promises of God. God will give you that authority if you will serve him full-hearted. So this morning I want to challenge you. As we went through these past seven weeks, and if you haven't been here for the past seven weeks, it doesn't matter. You can choose right now, are you going to follow Christ with your whole heart? And maybe there's somebody here today and you don't know who Jesus is. You don't have a relationship with him at all. Maybe there's somebody watching online and you don't know who Jesus is. Well, guess what? You're here today because Jesus wants you to know who he is. So as the worship band is singing, I'm going to get everybody just to close your eyes, raise your hands if you want to, to worship him. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you want to find out more about him, I challenge you to raise your hand right now and let me pray for you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I pray for every single person that raised their hand right now. 
Father, as we take this time right now just to worship you, Father, I pray that they will just cry out to you. All you need to do is just say, Jesus, I'm here. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to guide and lead me to walk in this journey with you. That's as simple as it is. I encourage you to do that this morning. If you want to declare today that you're going to follow Christ with your whole heart, then I challenge you to step out of your seat and make that declaration by coming to this altar and praying to him. We don't need to have a, we don't need people to pray over us, we just need to spend time with him, but it's about getting out of your seat and showing an act of surrender. I'm not gonna park halfway, I'm not gonna stop and around. I'm not just gonna sit in my chair, I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna move to receive the promises that God has for me and nothing's gonna hold me back. Is that you this morning? Let's sing this song together and come and just spend some time in God's presence this morning. Hallelujah.
cafe, find somebody that you don't know and take them with you to have a coffee over at our cafe. God bless, and don't forget to go all the way to Canaan, everybody. Trust God and take his promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Woo.